Okay, so this is the balcony? This is, is the balcony. Yeah. Is that what we're calling it? That's what we're calling it. <laughs> balcony episode one, take one. <laughs> okay, so what are we talking about? So, order of topics, Beyonce. <laughs> X-Men. Um, Turn the uh, X-Men Apocalypse, the new trailer. Uh-huh. And we have Dawn of Justice. <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Civil War is relevant. Yeah. So, I'm excited for Civil War. Stop text. Are you texting right now? Yeah, I'm telling him to that we're good. <laughs> Sorry, we're good. Okay. So, yeah, where to start? What's on our hearts? I know we had beef because the Ghostbusters trailer came out. Yeah, that's our versus. <laughs> okay, that'll be versus. And Don, because and Dawn of Justice. And Dawn of Justice. Okay. Ming V Norris. <laughs> ding ding ding. Okay, so before we get into that, uh, Beyonce was on our hearts. Yeah, we were talking about Beyonce. We talked so much about this upstairs, which we probably shouldn't have. Right. <laughs> okay, we'll refrain from getting into We got into some conversations. Conversation. Uh, but to recap. Yeah, so, I mean, it's so stupid. I just find the whole thing stupid. Mm-hmm. Just the controversy and the... <sighs> Just why, Joy? I mean, because Beyonce is an easy target. I do think she is. Right? She's not gonna go toe to toe with anybody no. on social media. She's not gonna. I mean, does she even have any social media? <laughs> she has Twitter. Does she? She does. Her Instagram is. She like does have Instagram. Lit. She does. So she lives on Instagram. Twitter is probably like a friend or an intern. <laughs> Or <laughs> somebody just like, hey, we did this today. <laughs> Avocado toast. <laughs> mm, right. Everyone, what is it with avocado toast all of a sudden? I don't know. Everyone's doing that now. I guess avocados. There must be something going on with avocados. My mom was like super excited. She's like, I made avocado toast this morning. Mm-hmm. I was like, great. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, mm-hmm. Beyonce, I get, oh, I get so tired of. Um, you know, talking about her and just because it's just like annoying. And did she do yeah. an ode to the Black Panthers? Yeah, I guess. But Joy was saying earlier, she was also wearing hot pants. So was it yeah. really like... So are we really taking a stance? Did she make any 10-point statements? Did anybody pledge allegiance? And then she got in a <laughs> dance fight later in that same... <laughs> performance right with bruno mars dressed in all leather looking like i mean he just came from the shop i have to pull up that picture he looks like he's wearing a garbage bag yeah look at all this what and and all of his backup people were wearing it too they thought they looked hot it's like they just stepped out of you know i can't stand the rain video look here's their dance fight moment beyonce looked incredible well, obviously, she's Beyonce. Yeah. 
Oh, and then there's little Chris Martin. What is this? Who got left is that out of on, the... Is that on his t-shirt or is it... I think it's on his t-shirt with or his little Or is it like rainbow. he's wearing... Oh, because he's wearing... He's doing a strange thing that I think only white people do, which is where they wear uh-huh. a long sleeve shirt in the same color I as a short as whatever short sleeves t-shirt because this is confusing because he's not actually just wearing instead of just asking his people to make him a long sleeve shirt with all of it on he just is wearing a long sleeve shirt under a t-shirt but he's such a thin dude like maybe he need because it gives him a little more shoulder you know well that gives him a lot more shoulder. i mean it almost looks like a shoulder pad in that photo yeah so maybe he was like, you know, I just need to look a little more, I just need a little more meat, a little more oomph on it. Who thought this was a good idea? Girl, whoever his designer is, whoever does his hair along with it. Whoever is his leather purchaser. <laughs> That's who was like, yeah, oh, Bruno, I have a great idea for you. You look amazing. You would look amazing. It would look like such a throwback. Right. And throwback, he does have a little throwback. Uh, button down. Looks like a jersey. That will be a million dollars. Right. Somebody definitely got paid out of that. So, okay. So, yeah. We were saying Beyonce. And, um, well, yeah. Her affiliation, quote unquote, with the Black Panther Party. Which is like zero. It, which is very much zero. Bar- borrowing their apparel. Exactly. And doing some march dances to it. Yeah. I mean, and I remember when this came out, and <laughs> of course when they're doing their formation, when they're dancing, uh, they cut, you know, they, you know, form into an X. And someone on, it had to be Fox News, you know, said, make this correlation that, oh, they're making the Malcolm XX and their dance routine. And it's like, if you are just familiar with dancing or cheerleading or any movement, really, of any kind, making a X is the one of the... <laughs> I know, that's what everyone on Twitter was saying. Like, hey, this is a band. Just because it's, like, Thank easy. You. Because it's just easy to make an act. And yes, you just march into place. Everybody has their spot. <laughs> and it looks cool. <laughs> but making this big deal out of nothing, which, you know, is kind of the place we're at in, you know, pop culture and just how society is taking everything in. Um, it's just sad that, you know, for something that could, that is potential, that's pretty harmless and really just Beyonce kind of making just making a statement in so much that she's proud to be black yeah and just saying you know whoever if you are black you should be proud because this is a moment this is a part of our heritage this one thing and Mm -hmm. it's there it's just for that to be like bogged down in criticizing her and criticizing the black panthers who haven't they never did anything they were they were investigated they helped poor people 
exactly. but people have this skewed view of them because it's government propaganda, really. Right, calling them terrorists, which they were not. Which how do you how are you a terrorist and you never killed you never anybody, killed right? Who was no innocent lives were taken. No Black Panthers marched into white neighborhoods and, you know, said, oh, we're, you know, we're here for your homes and you're, where are the white women at? <laughs> you know, like, there was none, nothing like that going on. So this idea of Black Panthers having any negative uh, impact on really anybody outside of just, like, the white uh, establishment is heinous. Yeah, because, I, mean, I mean, a lot of people spoke up after this, too, to be like, well, the Black Panthers, were they were the ones feeding me. Yeah. I was poor, and, you know, Breakfast there was no programs. one else. Thank you. No one else was helping, so. Right, and they were getting into more, like, healthcare mm-hmm. um, issues also. Vaccines and all sorts of stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, of course, it's no wonder that if you start really helping the black community in any significant way, you're going to be targeted, which here you have Beyonce, who merely made a video saying, like, I just like the way my features are, which I haven't touched, you know, I haven't had any surgery, which he doesn't say, but the implication is, you know, you are perfectly okay with how you came out of your mother's womb. Mm-hmm. And for that to be an issue is... And again, that's... I mean, it was obviously just more of the same because she had just dropped the video of Sword Formation the previous day. Which was really well-timed. So, and that was all... And the lyrics were all about... And so I'm going to get into a little bit of, like, you know, film, you know, criticism and all that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so there was this blog that kind of, like was, you know, talking about all of the kind of video errors she was, uh, she used in her video. And I mean, it was, I mean, it's well written, I guess, and there's a couple of issues with it, but I mean, my main thing was like, there was no like critical thought involved. She was just like, here are the errors. Rip her apart, Candace. <laughs> Get her. She was like, here are the errors, but she didn't really even give a thought as to like why she would use them, so mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about that later. No. Please, take her. Um, so, I mean, first of all, I think Beyonce mimics a lot of, like, film in her, in the formation. Yeah. Joy is, like, literally, like, left the room as I, like, lecture about this. She's leaving and come back now. Right here. I'm right here. <laughs> it's getting more comfortable. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, drinking break. <laughs> Minor issue. Anyway, what I was speaking of, which was um, this blog. So, um, yeah, the first type of errors she tries to mimic are film errors. And um, I think pretty much those exist um, to kind of capture, like, a like a kind of nameless past, which is for a lot of African Americans who don't know our lineage or our history, mm-hmm. um, is kind of important. Um, you know, Beyonce is trying to tap in to the idea of history um, with her costuming and with a lot of the settings she's using. 
Um, but it's all kind of not placed in a distinct era. I mean, she's wearing, like, a Victorian corset, but, like, yeah. in a leotard also. So mm-hmm. I think she's playing with that idea a little of, um, you know, most black people in this country can't really trace their ancestry back um, to a specific ancestor or to a specific continent in Africa. Um, <laughs> like Raven. Most, like Raven. Like most, <laughs> most white people are like, well, yes, I'm from England and blah, 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 blah. Um, or I came over, or I came over in the Mayflower, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. So, oh, are we cursing on this podcast? I forgot. Uh, I think we can let it flow and okay. then decide later. <laughs> we may, if we get it on iTunes, we may have to bleep it out. Although I have heard some, I a lot of the podcasts I listen to on iTunes, they just like oh, oh they do curse. Oh, yeah. Okay, no, then never mind. Um, so I do think she's tapping into that, and of course, film is the oldest medium we have. Um, so I think having those type of errors, everyone has seen those, and it I think kind of instantly creates this type of nostalgia where especially in a music video where you're not it's not a narrative you know she's not going to set up scenes um this is kind of an instant way to kind of get viewers tapped into that Mm -hmm. um the other kind of video errors that she does i also think are tied into home movies um, Beyonce being a child of the 80s, like I was, a lot of her mov- home movies are likely on tape. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the errors you may have seen, she might have seen, were probably um, from her own home movies. And uh, one of the scenes of her dancing, and you can see the play video, the play in the bottom right corner, that was actually shot on video. So this blogger actually mistakes it as an error, but... Um, I'm an editor as well, and I actually don't, I don't know of an editing program that could mimic a video errors that well, because she's got, like, deinterlacing problems, she's got some echoing effects, like, light pro, like, I'm like, I don't, I, I mean, I'm not a master editor, but it must have, it, I, I would lean more toward that she actually found, like, a high eight camera and actually shot it on high eight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then she actually manufactured those errors and um, like Premiere or something because they're a little too perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, like sync issues and things, like actually calls to mind. And of course, also Beyonce kind of coming at you with her head out of the car, kind of reminded me of like dashboard cam. Um, hmm. video. I haven't seen sync issues in dashboard cam stuff, but I, I don't know. I don't know why that rem- that image kind of reminded me of that, but um, that's kind of like, kind of, that was kind of my first thought. Um, and of course, dashboard cam footage now and in the 80s was, um, you know, really important. I mean, the Rodney King beating, um, now with Sandra Bland, with all of Walter Scott. I mean, mm-hmm. um, although that wasn't dashboard cam footage, but um, um, records of police brutality um, and on video is, of course, something that African Americans that historically has not ever been made public. Um, so she could be trying to reference that. 
Or I could just be making that connection and making it up. I mean, that's such a really, that's such an awesome thing to, if she did do it on purpose, what a beautiful way of, like, bringing in that idea, you know, of seeing it. And I mean, even if you're making it up, well done. (laughs) Because that would be really cool, you know. Um... Yeah, some of the other ones, kind of like a ghost image, again, I, I think are, she's again playing with the idea of this, these are my home movies, um, especially in the scenes where with her and the troupe of dancers, but even in the scenes where it's just people, um, you know, I deal with home movies in my work, and though we don't do tape yet, I mean, these are the types of things that Beyonce has in her in her home movies of her and Kelly Rowland dancing in what would become Destiny's Child. So I do think that that is a, um, even if it was manufactured, I think that it is a um, conscious choice to manufacture it in that way. I don't think it was done just to like create this cool effect. I think it was done to mimic something. And I do think home movies and and photographs are a way uh, for African Americans to insert ourselves back into the historic record um, and where we have been previously cut out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of scholarship around home movies is, is becoming more and more visible. Um, but, um, you know, I think, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm going to say about that. Um, and then the parental advisory explicit lyrics thing, just, I mean, that's obviously such a huge 90s callback. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, filming your computer screen and you know, like listening to Eminem yeah. <laughs> against your parents. Or for me, it was the Velvet Rope. Oh, That, that was the album my mom would not let me listen to. Yeah. Um, I mean... Again, all of these things tie into nostalgia. Um, I do think that this was the main thing Beyonce was going for with her video. Mm-hmm. Every every error that is talked about in this blog can be traced back to a, an, a previous era, which invokes a feeling of nostalgia, which invokes a past time. So... You know, and then the in the way it's parental advisory that was on every. I mean, it may is it still on mm-hmm. CDs? Do they sell physical CDs anymore? <laughs> they do. But that black and white sticker, parental advisory. <laughs> My mom is looking and go, oh, you're not getting this. Um, she mentions kind of low resing, which is, I mean, one of the things where um, Beyonce is kind of, uh, kind of Victorian, but not because Victorians would never show their shoulders or be wearing a hat indoors. So again, like this playing with this weird time period thing. Um, and like suddenly it goes from like kind of HD to a low risk thing again is part of nostalgia, but it's also like this kind of living room space is an important space for the African-American community. So I also think she's playing with that concept. Um, So I I do think that that's probably why it's in there as well. Um, So yeah. 
That's my takedown of this blog so, post. Why do you think this blogger? What's what's the name of this blogger? Do I don't want. I don't want to. Say? I don't okay. want to get in trouble. <laughs> You I'm not remain, even going. I'm not even going to link up. You remain anonymous. For I remain this. anonymous for this <laughs> blog. I I will not even link. I will say this is the first Google hit. If you type in formation video errors, okay, you will find this blog. So go see it, read it, see what you think. But why do you think this blogger chose to? kind of take down the video in this way i mean i think as i think she was trying to get um you know my profession that of moving image archivist is not the most visible mm -hmm. so i do think she was trying to make that visible and kind of her parting shot is like take care of your home movies Mm -hmm. Um, but it's kind of, to me, it felt too little too late. Um, you know, but I mean, it was, um, I think that was her like entree into it. Um, but I'm, I have training in film preservationist and I don't know her background, but I also have training in critical film theory. So, um, that's, that's what I felt like was missing from this blog post. Like, Hey, yeah. It's great to look and see. This is a great like examination of the type of errors you may see um, in video or in film or digitally, and you know what they mean and you know how they could create them. But like, you know, but then for me it was. But then the other side of that is like, well, then what are you? But what are you contributing to this mm -hmm. talk about formation? Mm -hmm. um, and for me, there just wasn't enough in there, especially because formation was so was so rich with content. I felt that she was kind of missing the forest for the trees. Mm -hmm. And I've calmed down a lot. Like when this blog first came out, I was like so incensed. But I've like calmed down. <laughs> I've calmed down majorly. And I can appreciate it for like how much time she took in identifying the errors and um, you know trying to identify what that might mean and her knowledge of video goes far beyond mine and I may be referencing this blog when we get into video for my project but uh, I felt like I did want to contribute something of like well why did she do this because I these things in here are too I mean they're too specific and they're too noticeable for her to have just been like, let's put a cool video error in there. Um, and, and I also, you know, the way I think that Beyonce is in control of her image and in control mm -hmm. of her work, mm -hmm. I don't think that she would have just let her editors do this. I think that she and the director worked to, um, you know, work to make the make some sort of statement i could be wrong on that statement but i do think they put in those errors for a reason and i could be wrong about that reason but i i just wanted to see her examining it like for the why because i mean there's like she examines nearly 10 different errors in a video which i've never seen put in intentionally mm -hmm. and so that's like 
Well, then didn't you stop and think about why? Like, okay, like one and two, like adding in light leaks, that's something everyone does. Or like adding in scratches. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. something everyone does. But to add in, and all of these like also like weird, also like ghost imaging, like that's not something people do. Like mm -hmm. that's not a video error that people just put in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind of, um, yeah. She she had a she had a larger intent that I felt this article just did not did not choose to examine. Mm -hmm. And I think that's unfortunate because, like you said, this person clearly knows what they're talking about when it comes to video and editing and preserving, you know, film. And to let the technical part get the better of what could be a really interesting piece on content and use of editing in this way or errors quote unquote in this way is you know it, it, it's just unfortunate because this could have been a really powerful moment where mm -hmm. instead of just like trying to take down a video because there are quote unquote errors and oh she ends it with like oh if Beyonce's home movies are suffering then what about yours? It's like, well, clearly that's not the point of what Beyonce... I'm, okay, granted, yes, a lot of people aren't taking care of their um, home movies, but that's not what this is. And clearly this is not a home movie of Beyonce's. Right, <laughs> you know? which you've already established <laughs> because you just said most of these areas were manufactured. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't know. I felt like the conclusion was like kind of her shoehorning in this video preservation aspect that, mm -hmm. like, didn't really exist. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, more, I mean, I'm all for making our profession more mainstream and more um, visible, but I, I, I do think that just kind of, like, doing this kind of clickbait articles, I mean, I don't want to call it clickbait, but it kind of is. But I, I don't like the negative connotations of clickbait because I do think this article is well written. But, um, but yeah, there's, yeah. I'm, I'm going to stop before I say something really bad. And Next time, I get, use your powers for good and, and not I get, evil. And I get hugely trolled. <laughs> and, and, and uh, yeah. I, I do not want, I did, let me make it clear, I do not want to start an internet war over this. These are my opinions and mine only, not my employers or anyone else's. But we're here. No. <laughs> do I stay out of this? Really, no, I do not, I do not want to fight about this. Please don't, please do not start a fight with me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is so positive, so peaceful. So, so yeah, that was one issue with the, um, sort of like the the backlash just like these are sprays right off the huge tidal wave that was the backlash yeah that was the one of what eighty five thousand articles oh about the formation video that i could not even parse through i still have some of them up on my browser looking at them yeah I some see. positive some negative uh, everyone felt the need to write about this Mm -hmm. why I have no idea well I think it, it's just something that's controversial which is so but bizarre. it's not exactly 
it's a black I think woman it's very, talking about I think it's blood. very yeah. safely controversial. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's very controversial in a way that white people feel they can weigh in and not get, like, yelled at by their black friends. Mm-hmm. I... Although a lot of white people were, like... Well, black people... <laughs> a lot of people, white people were, like, damn. yeah, or, have a seat I mean, here. or, but it's also, like, very safe in that this is entertainment. And though, although I am a strong component of, like, I hate people who are, like, like, J.K. Rowling just put out her, um, she kind of just, like, I was very disappointed because she did a whole history of wizards in America and yeah, really didn't, more. and really Shout didn't, out. the Native Americans and really didn't take the time or effort to seemingly talk to any mm. actual Native Americans. Um... But it's also, like, but a lot of the comments I read were also like, oh, people are mad that this fantasy world is, like, not accurate. Which I think is, like, really upsetting. I mean, for me, it's It's really just, it's dismissive and a cop-out because Mm -hmm. I think it's dangerous to ignore how much of our entertainment shapes our culture and how much of our entertainment is formed in response to what larger issues may be going on. So would Beyonce have made formation 10 years ago or five years ago? Probably not. This was the right time to do it. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's like a huge cop-out to be like, like entertainment means nothing. But I do think that people feel safer writing about something controversial in entertainment because it's less... Mm-hmm. They feel that it does have less weight, you know? You know what? To build on that, there have been um, a lot of this wave of covers of formation. I watched that. Yes. Girl, and, and then I watched and, Trap Covers. <laughs> yes, Trap Covers was amazing. Chew, 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 chew. That's my favorite one. And it's... Right. It's, it's just brilliant. So all these covers of Formation, and then you have these covers of uh, Work by Rihanna. Mm-hmm. We can get into that. How um, because because the white community, some members of the white community, um, don't feel comfortable or no um, don't feel comfortable with the way that these black artists are expressing themselves or really um, voicing or putting out their work, uh, Rihanna's a great example. But do you think it's that, or do you think it, do you really think it's malicious like that, or do you think they just like the song? Well, here's the thing, I don't know how malicious it is, because look at, I mean, this is a whole history of rock and roll. People do covers all the time. But, people do covers all the time, but when, when you're trying to translate Rihanna's patois... Oh yeah, no. (laughs) Into... Some I mean, the Beyonce formation one is a kind of, like, you could do a cover of that and have it be slow. Because she's not, she mentions Creole, but she's not, like, speaking in Creole. Mm-hmm. And she is taking elements of certain hip-hop and other genres of music, which I'm not familiar with. I did do some research on it, so... So, I mean, I think that's why it's kind of appropriative and mm-hmm. annoying in that sense, because then you're just, like, erasing that. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, the Rihanna one is just offensive because mm-hmm. she's talking in her patois and you're like, here I am, a white person going to fix this. Right. Um, I just want to, I'm going to find the, the Jude Trap cover. I love it. Oh, so it's good. my favorite one. And, and all the white babe, people going, really this one. is terrible. <laughs> how, how could you do this? You're destroying. You're destroying a classic <laughs> song. And I'm like, well, stop covering down. Rihanna then. But you know, even with and I didn't see all of the formation covers, but there was a one guy, I think it was in like a black and white video, and he could not say Negro for the life of him. He said Negro. Some of these were like all pretty much all of these were actually just amazing songs. of a black song, whatever. But then when black people put their their magic on I know, know, like, white song, and he's like not even taking it seriously. And not taking it seriously. And like he's literally laughing. And you could drop that on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like it will blow up. Hey, you do make it better. Let's your letter into your heart. You can have it a little better. Like, people would see it. Like, I was like, yes. And I didn't even listen to trap music, really. But I was like, yes. Well, that trap people get you. I mean, (laughs) it was, I mean, it was amazing. And I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, and I do think that cultural appropriation has gone. Like, people are too quick to throw around that word. I agree. Yeah. Like, what J.K. Rowling did was not cultural appropriation because she didn't... Cultural appropriation, in my view, and I think the real definition, (laughs) is when you take something from another culture and actually divorce it from its context. So if she had taken the Skinwalker legend and, like, put it into the Harry Potter universe without mentioning Native Americans, that's cultural appropriation. Right. What she did was just kind of like fumble mm-hmm. the Skinwalker legend and piss off a lot of the Native Americans, and 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 was kind of and pretty much offensive from 
most of the Native American people I've read online found it offensive. Um, but, you know, people throw around that round. And, like, the these covers of Rihanna, they're not cultural appropriation. They're just covers, but they're, they're just offensive covers. Right. Like, it's not culturally appropriative <laughs> to remix a song like that's ridiculous because everyone knows what song you're remixing like it's like it's culturally appropriate if you had released a song called what's one of Rihanna's songs uh umbrella umbrella and then said umbrella by by me (laughs) right this is my new song umbrella guys I hope you like it I came up with it and and you know and completely divorced it from from everything um and yeah, and what else was I reading that they said was cultural appropriation? Like, they throw around that word far too often. Yeah, and I mean, there's this one, uh, kind of going back to Beyonce, where Beyonce is in the uh, Coldplay's new video. That's the one I was thinking of. Okay. And uh, everyone was like, oh, she's dressed up in, you know, Indian garb, and she has a bindi and sari, and she has henna and all this stuff, and that's cultural appropriation. And it's like, well, no, it's not because she's in India. Right. She's like, they're not surrounded by Indian people. They're not making, it may be offensive and in poor taste. Maybe. And so this is the thing, though. Or stereotypical, I'll say. Maybe stereotypical. I won't say, maybe poor taste stereotypical. Because, I, I mean, I read a lot of comments where people were like, well, those things do exist in India. Right. So it's like. And if you do participate in the Indian wedding, you, <laughs> you will, will wear get sari and you will wear bin- So, yeah. but it's not culturally appropriative because it's not like they took Beyonce and were like Beyonce just made up this sari. The new Indian star. Yeah. yeah. Or and, but like no, it's just like the new star Beyonce. Like, but it was clear that they were in India, right? And it was clear that they were mimicking Bollywood. Mm-hmm. So. The context was there, and people understood it mm-hmm. that this was a that you know they were paying homage to Bollywood, right? So that's why it's not cultural appropriation. Beautifully said. Because they paying didn't homage. they didn't take it out of Bollywood, and we're just like here's Beyonce to doing her totally original thing where mm-hmm. she wears a sari and puts henna on. Right. <laughs> Guys, well, that might be another conversation on just, like, cultural appropriation and political correctness and, like, how these things... Because, yeah, because the problem with, if you keep saying it, then it becomes, like, and people in the comments arguing this. I don't Mm -hmm. think anyone is actually arguing for this. But, yeah, it does become, like, well, if we keep calling things cultural appropriation that are not, then eventually no one will take anything from other cultures. Right. And that's basically how every culture is made. Right. There no no person or society exists in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't land in America and just make up our own thing. Mm-hmm. We we were taking from other other like democratic republic. We didn't make that up. Right. That concept already existed. So that's just like my fear that people will get so afraid that they won't do anything. So like, you know, right. If I, you know, I'm not going to take anything from Mexico because then they'll call it cultural appropriation. And it's like, well, no, but if you 
Right, it just keeps us more divided. Yeah, if you it it keep it's that's what's called segregation. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's just really what you've said. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's I hate to side with troll commenters on Jezebel, but one of them had a point. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah, the criticism of Beyonce and all these artists will, I guess, never end. In this cycle, um, one thing we actually also talked about was just discussing wh- why Beyonce gets so much criticism, like why she's such a uh, an easy target for people, and um, of course it like has something to do with her gender mm-hmm. and um, her color. To be yeah. honest, well, I, not to make her a victim of any circumstance, of course, but to be real no, about why but, people yeah. are kind of I mean, like going on on her. I mean, well, I mean, our gender, for the one thing, I mean, no one talks to, no one's out there, like, being like Kendrick Lamar, where are your receipts on what you're doing for the community? Right. Common, what are you doing? Like, they're just put up as artists who are also mm-hmm. involved with the community. Whereas Beyonce needs to, like, you know, she did all True. this stuff with the Black Panther, and people are like, where is this coming from? Right. Where, in truth, she's been fairly political throughout her career. Mm-hmm. People just don't pay attention. That's right. And it's unfair that, to put this, she's, okay, so first and foremost, she's an artist, right? She's a musician. Mm-hmm. So to pigeonhole her into, oh no, you can only dance and write about... Which is something that female artists have to do with. Very often. Um, oh, you can only do this. Oh, you can only do pop. You can only be universal. You can't, like, talk about certain things. Which is, as an artist, like, where is the space to grow? Because any artist over time, if she kept doing the same old thing, I mean, we would be talking about why does Beyonce keep you know, doing this. Why is she still talking about single ladies? She's married now. Right. Well, you Why know? is she still Destiny's <clears throat> Child? Right. I mean, you know, she made a big decision to go, I mean, not completely. I mean, she's obviously had a lot of star power with that group. But, yeah, she made a decision to leave a well-performing group. They were by no means, you know, um, going down. Right. And they made a decision to pursue solo careers that I was probably was probably pushed by Beyonce. Yeah. Was Megan out here really trying to get back on the gospel circuit? I don't know. What's her name? She was calling me. Michelle. Sorry, Michelle. Sorry, Michelle. <laughs> Apologize. Shout out. Sing sing a hymn to me. <laughs> right. And I mean, if even Forrest, I think the other ladies, like Michelle has been, she did gospel. I think she's been on Broadway or mm-hmm. I mean, they the have careers. Stuff. But yeah. they're nowhere near Beyonce. No. Um, just like, just no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Michelle Kelly. You do great things. You are amazing. Can anyone be near Beyonce? It's not just you. Right. It's all other artists. Everybody's trying to be her. We see what what happened to Carrie. Hilson. I mean, it's like Beyonce and Adele, basically. Really? I mean, when Adele dropped twenty five, it really was like everyone went insane. It was it was like Beyonce when Beyonce dropped her secret album again. Praise to Adele. She can do no wrong. Um, 
But yeah, it's why can't we let these people, these people, individuals, and they have very different approaches to their to their art, to their art, and to their star power. Adele is very off the cuff. Mm-hmm. She she's not necessarily political, but I do think she shares more about her private life. Right. Personal. Although not a lot. No, because she doesn't know share what her pictures. child looks like. She doesn't say pictures of her husband or of her kid. Um, she's very private, really, even about the people who she's written songs about. Mm-hmm. But she 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 does have a. I do think a lot of it too is Beyonce is always very poised. Mm-hmm. And I do think people don't like that. There's a great quote in Persuasion, one of my favorite Jane Austen books, where um, it's something like, you could always trust more someone who um, occasionally said or did a hasty thing than someone who was always composed or tempered. And I think that's true. If I'm Not that Beyonce is untrustworthy, <laughs> but... When you see her, and she, in every interview, she is always composed mm-hmm. and always maintained. Like, she doesn't really, there are very few times where she does something, like, off the cuff or mm-hmm. not scripted. And even those moments are very contained. Yes. So, like, when she did her documentary. Right. Um, I think right after she had the baby. Um, she did a whole documentary, and, you know, she had her moments where she was, you know, like, regular girl Beyonce, like... She did have shit. that brief window of, like, oh, I'm just a regular person. Right. Because, <laughs> like, I'm a regular person on this yacht in Turkey. I know, right. <laughs> so, it's different. So, I mean, I do think that they're... I mean, Jane Austen is one of the great authors who could examine, you know, personality and the way we behave and I do think that parts of that statement are true that it is easier to trust someone who you know makes a mistake once in a while in what they say than someone who is always composed because you start to think what are they hiding like what what's that part that they want to keep you alive and yeah that's our (laughs) versus um well, in D.C., we'll say, for instance, we're building towards the Justice League, right? So we're going to have all these new characters. Finally, Wonder Woman makes uh, a film debut, cinematic debut, um, in this decade. And, you know, Aquaman is supposed to make his appearance <laughs> in a dawn of justice like what like <laughs> popping up from a river or something so and just be like hey right what is that even gonna look like and i mean dc is so far behind on really getting these new characters out gal gadol come on bitch like this is sorry we're so watching dawn, the trailer on we are silent. so dawn of justice and, and i know i this trailer is actually the best one i've seen honestly. it is and this should have been the first one the other ones i've seen have been kind of like and the thing like i love batman is my favorite superhero right off the bat batman Spider-Man. No, i don't understand how people love spider-man <laughs> get out <laughs> But Batman is the best, and I had, you know, like, of course, I was kind of looking at Ben Affleck like everybody else was sideways, because, like, why would you do Ben Affleck? I think he's good for the older Batman, though. 
And I agree with you. I think that was a pretty that was a pretty decent casting call. Should he actually make good on his role? Yeah. Should he actually? And he bring seems it? to be doing from the trailers. Gal de Godot is Wonder Woman. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's no question. Um, she looks great. My only thing from the synopsis is them combining the Doomsday storyline and their little fight. Because the Doomsday storyline is like, you know, mm-hmm. no spoilers, but I, that's the one Superman thing I have read. My so, brother had it. He had the whole thing. He had the, you know, black lined mm-hmm. holographic thing. <laughs> but they're all into that. And he would, and I want, he would like, he wouldn't let me touch it. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, and I think it's a big failure of other. Um, like X3 or like mm-hmm. Spider-Man 3 mm-hmm. of combining these arcs to try and make this like overwhelming movie um, because these arcs stand alone because they're momentous. Like the Doomsday storyline is one of the biggest in the Superman canon. Yeah. Whereas this fight between them, I mean, is one of many. They fight for fun sometimes. They just love each other. I think... I don't know. I feel like DC, in part, is trying to, like, catch up. Yeah. And in doing that, you're losing some of what makes... You're losing a lot, potentially, of what makes this story so interesting. And really the build-up for for Doomsday, you know, what, what you would hope would be yeah. a build-up to and Doomsday, I, ultimately. I do think that this is a good way to approach it because I do think Superman is one of the bo- more boring superheroes yes. because he's completely invulnerable. Yeah. Like the one thing that is his vulnerability is like this very rare, although it pops up, like if you watch Smallville, everyone in town has a kryptonite meteorite for some reason. But like canonically, it's typically a very rare substance that, um, you have to get so he's like invulnerable, nothing can hurt him. And I do think coming at it as yeah, he's a danger, this godlike figure, like what Marvel's doing, superheroes need to be put in check. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has no check on him and mm-hmm. he's creating all this destruction is interesting. But it will be interesting to see how it could lead into the doomsday thing. Mm-hmm. I actually like Jesse Eisenberg as uh, Lex Luthor. So far, of what I've seen of him, I don't. I know. think is weird. Like he's I'm playing it sold. so weird. I'm but, still not sold on it. Um, it's a different take from what we've had. We because we've had so many takes. Yeah, and I think that might be the problem also with this rehashing. I mean, there's so for many. DC too. There's so many Supermans, and with and, and with Batman. They also kind of got locked into this kind of angsty, Frank Miller-esque realism, whereas Marvel, when Iron Man was like, comedy, they were kind of able to start fresh, and now they're tipping back into seriousness, Mm -hmm. whereas I don't think in in the modern iterations, they've ever done that. I mean, even when they were doing it with um, Brandon Roush, who I really liked as Superman, um, it was very, like, maudlin and angsty. Um, 
you know, and that was Brian Singer again. I mean, that's why he didn't direct X Grief because he was directing that. But even you know, um, but you know, they never did one where he was just like happy to be Superman. It was always like a yeah, and the modern ones. It's so... and I think that's why they like people like the show Supergirl so much because she is kind of just like happy to be Supergirl. Like, hey, I, I never, can fly. You know, what? and I don't watch it. But I don't either. <laughs> I don't watch any of these shows people critically acclaim, but um, I do think that, you know, repositioning some of these DC properties as happy, like they already did that with The Flash. Okay, so Arrow is our broading. I do watch Arrow, and Arrow is like super intense and super broading. And then The Flash is like, hey, I have these cool powers. Thank God. <laughs> you know, like, you yes. know, so it's like, oh you know, some of them, yeah, some of them can be broading and angsty, but people get tired of that. Mm-hmm. And I think also with Christopher Nolan's Batman, there was nowhere else for you to go. He did it so well mm-hmm. that you had to be. You had to leave, and he was as close to kind of the Frank Miller, Dark Knight era mm-hmm. as it was going to get without really being into Frank Miller, which you don't want to be. <laughs> so, yeah. you, so you kind of have to then backtrack. Yeah. Which they're kind of not doing. Maybe they will, but... And I think, like, for Superman, he... People are, have been, myself included, so critical of him being, like, the golden child that I feel like when um, when Zack Snyder's uh, Man of Steel came out... Well, he killed it someone was, in them, which yeah, was insane. Which I kind of dug, because I was still feeling like, Oh, okay. Superman, once again, is just going to be, like, invincible and just make all the right decisions and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, snooze fest. Because, you know, that potentially is what a Superman... And I and I didn't watch Smallville, so I didn't see, like, how he goes through these different uh, moods and experiences and, you know, all that stuff. And so I think, like, especially on the vein of DC, which kind of tends to be more brooding and dark, there was this call for us to see Superman in that way um and looking back at it now it is like well now where can DC go other than being this like very sad muted version of like superhero mm-hmm. right so uh, personally my favorite Batman film is Batman Returns is what Tim Burton did because you had Michael Keaton show... Michael Keaton was the best Bruce Wayne. Period. Point blank. Like, the best. Um, because... Oh, Jason Momoa. Yes! Sorry. Uh, I, I was trying to look up who... Uh, Jason Momoa, who is going to be Aquaman. And, and who is the Flash? The most they were saying gorgeous. Who is the most gorgeous person. Um, but yeah, I mean... We won't see a Batman like that. I'm sure we're gonna have another. We're gonna have more incarnations of Batman. We're gonna have more incarnations, blah blah blah, of all these characters. Yeah. But I I feel like DC to really be able to like 
kind of pull up out of this nosedive of just like sorrow, you're going to have to, somebody has to come in and maybe it will be Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. Maybe it will be Aquaman mm -hmm. slash one of them. Whoever Whose is going to come in. Whose origin story is not so tragic. Exactly. <laughs> Whoever origin story is coming up next, it cannot go the same way as like this sepia filtered, yeah. you know, existence. Because God damn, yeah. like because I'm playing. We're done. You know, Arkham Knight, which is, um, you know, a Batman games, and they've progressively gotten, and they're very mm -hmm. well written, but they've progressively gotten darker. And it's just like, yeah. it's fun to play them, but it's also like, what is it like to be you? And in this one, he has these hallucinations of Joker, who is the best character in this. Um, but it's all in his mind. And he's like, <laughs> one of my favorite lines is he's like, in that death mask you call a face. I mean, does it do expressions? And it's like he has all of these flowers because he has a Robin, he has Oracle, Alfred and they all have like this unwavering loyalty to him mm -hmm. and you know it kind of takes me out because it's like because I'm like why you're like the you're like the biggest drag <laughs> oh like what I kind of kind you of. have like no charisma like what about you besides you going out and doing this every yeah. night now, I like, think it would be interesting if there was, if in these modern Batmans, there was more of a distinction between Bruce Wayne and Batman. The right. way Christian Bale played it, he was just as sad being Bruce Wayne as he was being playing Batman. Right. So you didn't have, like, this shift in, like, him, like, becoming, putting on a persona, which right, been which I a think lot more interesting. is a lot different with Marvel stuff because I do think a lot of those characters do put on a persona. I mean, Spider-Man may be the difference because his life is sad either way. But like when Tony Stark puts on the Iron Man suit, he's Iron Man. Like um, there's a difference between Tony Stark and Iron Man, hmm. um, between persona and regular person right whereas dc i feel like this distinction was always an afterthought mm. like he's superman and then he was clark kent right clark like kent there's batman and then, then i guess he'll be bruce, bruce wayne right. wonder woman and i guess she'll be whatever her name is diana, diana. something i feel like their alter egos were always an afterthought yeah but, and I, Whereas I the Marvel it. ones, I feel their alter egos are more fleshed out. Like, there are stories that are just about Peter and just about mm -hmm. Tony Stark and just about... Yeah, and maybe with you know, the DC, it's like... it. It's more interesting to see them as the character they're taking on. Um, because I feel like with DC, it's more because of the trauma that mm -hmm. they've experienced, the hero that they are is more of the person that they are than the person they have to be in public. Right. So when they go out, when they're putting on the uniform, they are that. Like, it's um what Bill was describing in Kill Bill. Oh, yeah. Superman, or Clark Kent is, you know... Superman's perception of humanity and because he has to fit in 
he takes on that role, but who he actually is is, is Superman. Superman. And that's how I've always felt with DC. Like, I've always felt that Bruce Wayne is the costume. Yes. Totally. And the same with, like, Diana Prince is the costume. And you're actually Wonder Woman. Whereas when I read Spider-Man, I don't think of Peter Parker as a costume. I think that their identities as superheroes and as people are more intertwined. Um, well, we're kind of coming to the end of our session. Shall we do verses? Well, we did verses. Cause, well, you Wait, brought me around with Dawn of Justice. The other yeah. verses is ghostbusters oh ghostbuster why don't you like the trailer for ghostbusters because i it looked too um it looked too much like things that we have already seen you have you know you have kristen wig getting slimed within the first like five seconds of the trailer which is like okay yay they're getting slimed whatever um and it just doesn't seem to be anything new um i and honestly i have beef i definitely have beef with uh leslie jones role look she herself <laughs> in this defended it leslie and jones we don't know listen. we don't this is a three minute trailer and we don't know how big her role is we just tore apart that tarzan trailer <laughs> well, <laughs> it could have been any longer than this is but that was about the plot yeah, and this is the this is a part of the plot. Look at not this. necessarily a character. So, I mean, okay, so we have the three SNL. Well, okay, everybody Leslie, everyone's is SNL, SNL How right now. You? Leslie Jones. Um, is on SNL. I don't know. If, uh, Megan McCarthy is an alum. She's not. Okay, um, so she's the she's odd just woman out, I guess. But I don't, I, why not make them all scientists? I don't get it. Like, Leslie Jones, of course, has to come in her with her finger waves and her bamboo earrings. And, I mean, yes, this is part of who Leslie Jones is, being loud and uh, whatever. But I just don't understand, like, why it couldn't just all of them be have their own experiences with the supernatural, paranormal. Well, maybe she does. And they come together. Well, it looks like because she works for the MTA that she, you know, has seen some shit going down in the tunnels, and then that's why she joins. But for her to be introduced as the, oh, I know the streets, and I'm going to come in because... Ooh, Chris Hemsworth. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I know the streets. And blah, 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 and this is what I have to bring, and I'm going to smack the shit out of you, and, you know, bring you back to reality, and, oh, no, not today, Satan! You know, it's like, Leslie, writers, that now, is so easy to do. I'm going to drop not? some truth on you. Oh, this yeah. role was written for Melissa McCarthy. Lies. Bam! Oh, oh, Lies oh, and policies. Oh, you can look it up because so, it was So viewers. why did they that, change it? Because Paul Fake said that Melissa McCarthy has played... Stop it. This white guy has no right Angry to an opinion. Joe. What was the first video that <laughs> has, came after he has Ghostbusters no right trailer? Angry trailer reaction. 
And okay, it's not all about Leslie Jones, which would be it, which is easy to like get into and jump on. That role was I I was that role was written written from <laughs> Melissa McCarthy and Paul Fig said that we have seen her in such a broad role before, bridesmaids, and that he wanted to see her do something different. And Leslie Jones is able to do that type of comedy easily and effortlessly. Oh, what kind of comedy is that? Broad. And you can imagine Nick. Melissa McCarthy in that role. No have you race. watched Spy? I haven't. I need to see Spy. I well, you need to it. watch it, and then you can imagine Melissa McCarthy. I mean, I can say Melissa McCarthy. She has the range to be like whoever, right? But I just feel like it's so Look, interesting I, that she, I was disappointed that, that she was a role. scientist. But <coughs> coming from New York, I know there's this whole thing with the MTA. Her being an MTA, work, MTA worker is also cool. It is. Really? I, it is. The New York subway is such a labyrinthian nightmare <laughs> that they do need someone who knows New York. There are five boroughs. Mm-hmm. Y- are you going to be catching ghosts all five boroughs? Mm-hmm. Trying to get around on the MTA? How do you get to Columbia? University, George. You totally oh, know. Girl, from Brooklyn. I'm from Chicago. You don't know, I can't tell do you. you? But Leslie Jones can tell you. Okay. I can <laughs> tell you, but I would need to know more specifics. Um, I don't know. Uh, okay, so on top of the Leslie Jones bit, I feel like it just seems so... I don't know. It seems like more... So, one thing, and I've heard different conflicting things on this, is that this new movie exists outside of the original universe. Okay, which I hope is not true, which wouldn't make sense if you're going to actually have the original players that come in no and do sense. cameos. That makes no sense. So I hope it's not true, and I hope like they're like coming off of, you know, they're, they're uh, you know what? <laughs> Don't get mad. Um, that they're... Coming, uh, they're coming out to, um, or they're, uh, they're hearkening to the call, right? They're, <laughs> that they're hearkening to the call. <laughs> that there are these ghosts and, um, shit, nobody's doing anything about it. And like, we know some stuff about this and blah, blah, blah. And we can come together and we can do something. Right. Which I think is awesome. Um, but I and I think it would be really cool if like maybe they get to um <laughs> maybe they get some uh, mentoring from the originals, which I know is definitely like a played kind of plot device. But I mean, we all of course want to see Bill, Mur- Bill, Bill Murray, Murray and Dan Aykroyd. Um, and Ernie Hudson come in and do their thing, which would be awesome because Ghostbusters, who can front? Both both Ghostbusters are well, just Well, they could be doing awesome. that. You don't know. Maybe, but you I know mean, what? We did if you judge show these me, trailers. But if you show me within three minute in your three minute trailer that, you know, oh, we're getting slimed again. Oh, Slimer's back in action. Oh, we have these different scientists. You know who Slimer is. Was that Slimer? I thought it was just meant to be a the green ghost. ghost that's like all oh, 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 yeah. Slimer. Um, but if you have all these things that are like, oh, remember this? If you have too many of those, oh, remember this moments, 
then yeah, like, I know what kind of territory we're like, getting like, into. You're like, you know? I don't know. Sometimes I feel like people <clears throat> with Ghostbusters feel like it's some like some like great piece of cinema. Like, what were you expecting? Well, like, it's literally a movie about what? them hunting ghosts. There's not a lot of yeah, ways you. Awesome. There's not. I know it's awesome, but there's not a lot of ways you can go in terms of plot. I don't know if I like. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I'm just saying that if you call a movie Ghostbusters, they're going to have to go bust some ghosts. Which they I can't go off and make. Candles. what I want to. <laughs> which I don't want to see. <laughs> I want to see ghosts busting, but I want to see their way of busting. And you saw Kate McKinnon with her machines. And her licking her... Okay, we're done. Yes, I'm interested to Please see how... Not. I love Please Kate McKinnon. Please do not blaspheme against Kate McKinnon. I love her. She is Justin Bieber. <laughs> she is. <laughs> She's a... She's amazing. What's her face with her science? Melissa McCarthy wearing a thing? <laughs> wearing a thing. <laughs> Leslie Jones with the hearse. Kristen you know Wiig what? is like. I'm sick of you disparaging this movie. Somebody. Ghostbusters was about a team of misfits joining together to hunt ghosts and everyone pretending like it was some great cinematic masterpiece of like Citizen Kane is lying to themselves. That's all it, it was. was. And so that's what this good. Ghostbusters will be, except with women. No one promised no. you anything oh, else. Oh, so can we get into that? I feel no like one promised you anything else. I feel like just because, and, and I, also funny, and I hope it is because you do have I amazing commit. Do you have no sense of humor? I have an incredible sense of humor. No, you don't. It was I the way. I love them all. It was the way. Wig <laughs> or the hat. It was the It was the wig. Was the wig. <laughs> so I think. All these women are incredibly funny. Uh, obviously, they've proven that throughout their careers, right? But I and I hope my hope is, and I think Paul Fee can bring that out. And you know, he's a pretty good director. He's a very good comedic director. Um, I I hope it it goes in the direction of being its own personal individual take on. How these people who are women, who, um, who are and, scientists and, and interior will. workers, I don't will know. deal with these problems instead of it being like, oh, remember ghosts? But remember that I movie? Mean, what guys what did you see? There were only a few callbacks that I saw. Honestly, I think I felt like a lot of it was callbacks. Um, the Slimer, the Slimed. The, um, are, oh, we're so the different. Um, no, because the slimed, when Kristen Wiig got slimed, it was from that, oh, uh, uh, from the woman in the library, right? And we all, mm. we've already done that. Um, or the ghost in the library. Um, and we've done Slimer, and I'm not sure how Slimer will be used in this film. It would be cool if he becomes, like, their ally or whatever. Um... But I hope it be. I hope it is its own film and doesn't just use um, the old films to be like, oh, and now we're doing this because I would not mind at all having this be a franchise, like starting its own franchise. I would love to see that. Um, I just by watching the trailer, I just don't feel confident that it's going to go 
in that direction. You were watching a different trailer than what I saw. <laughs> I, I think. I hope it does. I hope it. I hope it is better. I hope the film is better than the trailer. Um, and obviously, yeah, it's three minutes of just like taking particles of a whole and like convincing people to go out and come see this. Um, but yeah, from that initial. <laughs> It looks like a Candace is just drawn like a South Park character giving me the finger. I think. No, <laughs> I'm not sure. There's a proton pack. Oh, dig. So I mean, I would. I definitely want this to do well. I think I, I love Ghostbusters. I love these women, uh, these comedians. I think they're <laughs> go across the screens. I don't want this to just be another like faulty, you know, reboot. Um, and maybe, yeah, maybe it'll be better. I hope so. Fingers crossed. That's the best I can say on this. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Well, um, 10 minutes left. This is the first episode of The Balcony. Candace Ming. I was being anonymous. Oh, eight. oh okay. <laughs> we'll edit this. <laughs> so, uh. On the what? On the. The 08? Oh, girl. Oh, girl. I was trying to say 808, but that's not that's not it either. Um, <laughs> the ones like, and twos. The ones and twos. Um. So yeah, this has been the first episode of The Balcony, um, and it's been fun. <laughs> Great outro. What is that? Take a take a bow. Take a okay. You can. We're taking a bow. <laughs> take a bow too. We'll need like a video portion. <laughs> I take a bow. Take a bow. Um, uh, cool. Exit out. So I'm, oh, what are our names again? Oh, yes, Statler and Waldorf. <coughs> we didn't decide who was, who was who, though. <laughs> I mean, we can't go wrong either way. Statler <laughs> <laughs> um, and Waldorf always go together. Location, special appearances, blah, blah. Wait, which one is Statler? Oh, that's this is Waldorf. Waldorf. I'll take Waldorf. <laughs> oh, this is Statler. This is Waldorf. Signing off from the balcony. I'll be the same. I'll be the same. Told you so long. Farewell. I'll let you say goodbye. No one knows the words to that part.